Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to my coverage of the disappearance of then 21-year-old Zach Lefebvre. Zach was last seen walking along a rural road outside Yarmouth, Nova Scotia during the early morning hours on New Year's Day in 2021. And as we heard in prior episodes, for reasons still unknown, Zach wasn't wearing pants. In prior episodes in the series, we were joined by the Lefebvre family spokesperson Kimberly Morton and Victoria Sampson, a local woman who organized and managed the civilian searches for Zach. Between the two guests, we learned a lot about Zach his disappearance, and the efforts put towards finding him, but there's still a hell of a lot we don't know. In tonight's episode, I hope we're able to answer some of the questions and further contextualize the events surrounding Zach's last known moments, especially concerning that party. In a few moments, we're going to be joined by Mandy Penny, who was involved in the searches our prior guest Victoria discussed, but more relevant to our discussion tonight, Mandy was also one of the last people to speak with Zach. She was at the New Year's party he was last seen leaving. So let's get into it. In this episode of Nighttime, our guest is Mandy Penny, and our discussion will focus on the disappearance of Zach Lefebvre and the New Year's Eve party he was last seen leaving. I hung out with Zach every single day. I could tell him anything. He listened to me like a brother. He got me, he understood. I miss him so much. I love him and I don't know what to do without him. So Mandy, just to, to get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell me a, a bit about you. Uh, my name is Mandy Penny. I grew up here in Yarmouth and I actually went to school with Zach since elementary school. We always had mutual friends and some of my friends were actually really close with him. And I mean, it's a small town, so everyone's kind of a friend of a friend. Yeah. Um, and I actually was at the party that he disappeared from and I spoke to him while I was there and I helped kind of put together that second organized civilian search. Okay, so you were involved with the the searches with uh, Victoria that I talked to in yeah. the last episode. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and when you like, you, you mentioned you you went to school with Zach and had mutual friends. Were, were you close with Zach at all, or it was just kind of like you know secondhand friendship sort of thing? Um, it was kind of more, I'd say, probably secondhand friendship. So I've had a best friend for what seems like forever, and they were very close to him. So mm-hmm. you know, we'd be kind of thrown into the same things and. I mean, we had a lot of classes together. It's a small town. So, I mean, I talked to him quite a bit when we were younger, but kind of towards our like teen years, I actually hadn't seen him in a long time when I saw him at that party. Like we had kind of, we just ran into each other. I went there to say hi to a friend, ran into each other. And it was, it was kind of crazy though, because he was like the same person almost like it was like no time had passed. We're sitting there talking, joking around, but yeah. So it kind of just a friend of a friend. Okay, I get it. Now let's get right into the party then, because this is one aspect of this that I'm that I'm really interested in. So, mm-hmm. as we all know, Zach disappeared on New Year's Eve, and his he spent that night going first to like a hotel in Yarmouth mm-hmm. or motel, and then he left to kind of a, a area outside of Yarmouth to go to this house party that he was last seen at, and that was the party that that you ran into him at. Yes. So my friend was hosting that party. It wasn't really a party. It was kind of a get together. Like it wasn't, I don't like the word party because it makes it seem like it was super big. Like it wasn't super big. 
Mm-hmm. And it was mostly just people that my friend knew. So mm-hmm. I was sober driving. So I decided to go there and just hang out for a bit before I sober drove my friend to her friend's house's party. So okay. I was kind of just all over the place that night. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I show up and I say hi to my friend and then I see him there and I'm like, what the heck? I didn't expect to see you here. And we just start kind of talking. And then I left about probably 10 minutes before they say he left. Oh, but wow. yeah, when I saw him, he was drunk, but like he seemed to be in like really good spirits. He wasn't mm-hmm. un- intent on leaving. He was having a good time, joking around, like trying to make friends because he didn't really know anyone there. He only know like he only knew kind of the people he had shown up with. Okay. I think like mm-hmm. it seemed that way. Yeah, and that's but the way was... that's the way Kimberly Morton explained mm-hmm. it to me is that it was more so the people that Zach were with knew the people who were at the get together or party or whatever Uh, in sort of interrupt you there, but rather than calling it a party, maybe just kind of describe like the scene there. Like how many people are there? Like, what are we talking about? Cause I get the difference between a party and a get together. I've been to both. I mean, I didn't, I only knew my friend who was hosting the party and like her brother. So I didn't really know a lot of the people that were there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, so you get there and I'm pretty sure there was like, a shed slash garage and I heard there was people playing pool in there and I didn't go check it out so I don't know if that's true and there wasn't really anyone on the deck and then you go in a bunch of people just sitting on couches in the living room like I'd say less than 15 people okay a couple maybe hanging out in the kitchen and then my friend was upstairs because it was her brother's house mm-hmm. so she was just upstairs like that's where the washroom was so I had mm-hmm. went up to see her and stuff so like I'd say like maybe 20 people that might be pushing it i'm really bad at counting people because i don't really pay attention to that but like it wasn't it wasn't huge okay it wasn't like there was like bumping music and like people were going all over the place like people were mostly just sitting down okay and it didn't see it like and how long were you there for in total would you say even um i'd say probably less than an hour i think Okay. But it, yeah. It, yeah, just because when you hear party, especially on like on New Year's Eve, I was kind of picturing this, like you describe, you know, bumping music and just cars of people coming and going, but it, it didn't really sound, it doesn't really no, sound like yeah, that's no. accurate. No, it was just literally, like, there were people going in and, in and out of the house. I think maybe because there was something going on in the shed, but it was also like, you know, people go outside to use the bathroom, like guys go outside to use the bathroom, go outside to smoke, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't crazy. And I, and I know you said that you, you knew the person hosting, it, but not mm-hmm. a lot of the guests. But the but the people who were there, did it seem like it was mainly locals or was it, you know, you know, didn't any idea that the people that were there, how they would have been? Yeah. So my friend grew up in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. And so like all of her friends that were there were from Plymouth, Wedgeport, kind of maybe Pubnico area. That's all kind of like this grouped area outside mm-hmm. of Yarmouth on that side mm-hmm. so they had all went to school together they were all friends so it was kind of that's kind of the way it is here um there aren't usually huge parties anymore it's kind of just I don't want to say clicks but like groups of friends that kind of grew up together they kind of hang out and have their things and it's kind of rare for people that aren't part of that group to end up at those parties unless there's something going on like two people are you know talking or you know you make a new friend like that's why I was there because I was friends with the person that was hosting Mm -hmm. so like 
yeah, it was kind of just people from that area that went to school together. Okay. And so as you arrive, Zach's already there making himself at home. And you said like, yeah, he was drunk, but give me an idea of like, when I hear his, the story of his disappearance and you hear him, you know, walk off without his pants. Like I'm picturing someone who's just behind them, beside themselves intoxicated is how I picture it. But the way you described it there, it doesn't really sound that's the case. Like, how would you describe, you know, his level of intoxication or kind of the condition he was in based on your chat with him? So I didn't actually get to see him on my way out. I kind of, I didn't really look for him, but like, I kind of just looked around to see if I saw him on my way out just to say bye. I didn't see him. So I don't know if he got any drunker, but when I was just talking to him, he was, he was pretty drunk, but not like unable to speak, unable to walk mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like he, you know, might've been a little wobbly, but he was, he was talking to me. He seemed to know where he was be coherent like he was completely fine just joking around mm-hmm. like, so, it, like it didn't strike you when you say started talking to me you weren't like holy christ like zach is out of it like it wasn't like that sort of thing yeah no he was just like really outgoing i'd say mm-hmm. like so like at that point of drunk where you're just like really outgoing yeah i understand and so you leave about 10 minutes before they say mm-hmm. he was to leave w- was there anything different about the party at the time you left like did it like did the mood change or did it you just seem like you were leaving like a get-together just like the one you showed yeah, up no there? it seemed the same there was some people that were getting ready to go out fishing that was the only difference like that's why my friend was upstairs because it was her brother's house and she, he was getting ready to go fishing so i went upstairs to say bye to her everything seemed normal people were getting ready to like him and his People, I think, were getting ready to leave to go fishing, but otherwise everyone seemed to still be kind of where I found them in the first place, sitting on the couches, sitting in the kitchen, mm-hmm. nothing super different. Mm-hmm. And I just have to ask this, as a, as a city boy myself, the idea of going fishing around midnight on New Year's Eve strikes me as odd. What's the story with that? Is that just what people do in Yarmouth? It's just, you know, you go when you go kind of thing. You go when they tell you to go. It's all, it's not really up to you. It's okay. To so this go. isn't, yeah. when, when I hear like my friends going fishing, my, I'm thinking like my buddy takes his rod and goes to like the brook by his house. You're talking about like, fi- like oh, fishermen no, like, for. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it would have been lobster fishing. Cause that's like, you know, it was January. So yeah. Okay. Pardon my. Like going part- out on a boat. Yeah. Okay. Pardon hours. my ignorance. Cause I, I, again, I'm thinking like, it's a weird way to decide oh, no. <laughs> to spend New Year's. They're like going to work as fishermen. Yeah. Should probably clarify that. So people aren't like, why are these people going fishing yeah. in a river at midnight <laughs> on, on New Year's? Year. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that makes a, a lot more sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, like a lot of the theory, well, actually, before I get to that, but so you, you leave the party Zach presumably still there and things are pretty much normal. Like you don't leave thinking like, whoa, like this, you know, this is a dangerous place. I got to get out of here. Oh, uh, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of like the theories and rumors and speculation about Zach's disappearance now. So really revolve around the idea of, of foul play or something against his will happening to him. Is there anything about the party or the people that were there that make you think like, you know, there, there could have been some danger kind of bubbling to the surface at this place. I would say no, I really don't think so. Like those people, like I said, people are pretty, you know, they stay to their groups and stuff, but it wasn't like dangerous for you to 
kind of get in their group, you know, like Mm -hmm. whether you're welcome there or not, like me showing up. Sure. I didn't get a bunch of, Oh my God. Hi, nice to meet you. But it wasn't like anyone was going to try and hurt me or, you know, be violent with me or aggressive at all. It was just, you know, who are you? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. (laughs) Was, um, when you were there, was there any kind of like, like, of course there'd be people drinking and probably smoking pot or anything, but was there anything more like criminal or intense? Like, did you see like, you know, like our drugs or like kind of criminal stuff going down? No, actually. Um, all I saw was some weed and that was it. Okay. So you leave, go about your night, probably have a great sleep. And you were, you were the, you call it the sober driver. We would call yeah. it a, a designated driver in, <laughs> in Halifax because um, the sober driver would kind of, I guess, uh, indicate that other people weren't the sober, weren't sober drivers. I'm assuming it's not until the next morning that you realize something happened with Zach. Can you tell me about how you learned that, learned that he was unaccounted for? So I wake up the next morning Mm-hmm. And it's kind of on Facebook that people are just like, if you've seen them, let us know. And of course, my close friend who was really close with him um, and her partner actually worked with him. So, you know, they're both very close with him. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, every time anything goes down on Facebook, she's messaging me. <laughs> so <laughs> she messaged me and she's like, hey, like, what do you think's going on? And we talk about it and I'm like, I don't know, like we kind of decide to just wait and see because we're like, you know, if his family says it's out of character for him to not come home, understandable, but it's also, you know, New Year's Day, he might have just crashed somewhere. Let's just wait and see. And then later that day, kind of the next day, we kind of were like, okay, something's definitely up <laughs> because mm-hmm. You know, it's just not in his character at all to not get in contact with someone. Yeah. And, and that's a part of this is like if someone doesn't come home on New Year's Eve, like that's kind of of the whole of 365 days of the year. That's kind of the one day more than any other. Where you're like, yeah, he probably just like passed out at a friend's house and forgot to call. So that probably made the the next morning when he was unaccounted for, I think it gave maybe everyone a little bit longer of a leash to be like, yeah, I'm sure he's just sleeping it off somewhere. Yeah. That was the big reaction for the most part from a lot of people, especially people that didn't know him. were just like, "Mm, just wait it out. Like he's probably just sleeping on a couch somewhere in a basement, just, you know, hung over. But, you know, after a bit, it became clear that, you know, they were worried and I fully believe um if especially a parent has a gut feeling to listen to that it's kind of crazy how that works but like if if a parent has a gut feeling about their child I think you should always go by it I know the police can't exactly do that because Mm -hmm. you know they have things they have to follow but I don't know I just I 100% I was like okay yep something's wrong she said something's wrong something's wrong Mm -hmm. yeah and 
I've heard multiple people now say they found out on Facebook the next morning. So I'm guessing like, of course, Yarmouth, small, like kind of tight knit town. So when something like this happens very quickly, word is going to spread through the different social circles. So pretty much right away, did this become kind of like the talk of the town? Like where's Zach? Like how, how quickly was it that it went from, I heard that, you know, Zach from school is missing to like everyone in the community is talking about this. It was really quick because we have like kind of Facebook groups with Mm -hmm. people from the whole town in them. Mm -hmm. Just they're made for different purposes. And I'm pretty sure it was Kim was posting in almost all of them just saying, if you hear from Zach, let me know. Like he's unaccounted for. And it was immediate. Like everybody kind of knew right away. And then kind of by the next day, like even if you didn't have Facebook, I'm sure you knew. Mm -hmm. Okay. In at first, of course, the, the, the discussion likely was around, you know, he probably drunk, slept at a friend's house, didn't call home, you know, this sort of thing. Do you recall like when it started to turn to being this kind of mysterious story online that people are, you know, it could be organized crime. It's foul play. Like, did you see it kind of turn from, he probably just slept at a friend's house to, foul play like did that happen quickly or was that a gradual thing over time um i'd say at first it was kind of just oh he probably wandered off in the woods he's probably just he might have tripped like fell somewhere mm-hmm. i think once they found his pants mm-hmm. and not him that's when things became a little iffy because people were like oh maybe he just you know urinated on himself and decided to discard of them but then it was kind of like those people started being like well I don't know, like, he also took the time to, I think, put his shoes back on, like, his shoes weren't found. Yeah. So it was just odd, like, and then it just, there was no sign of, other than that, of him anywhere, and it was kind of like, how does he just disappear, like, he couldn't have gone that far. Yeah, that, that makes, uh, that makes sense, and what about, like, I've talked to Kim about him after leaving the party. Of course, you were gone by this point, but he made a few phone calls to to friends and did reach out a little bit before he was last seen. Do you know the people that were involved in those calls or do you know anything about those calls at all? Um, I don't personally know the people very well. I mean, I probably chatted with them a bit, went to mm-hmm. school with a few of them, I'm not close to them at all, but I did hear about those calls. I did hear, you know, they I tried to figure out where he was. They had gotten a taxi and they couldn't find him, but he didn't seem like he was in any trouble. He just said he was walking. And then I think he said he was somewhere in a different community that was a bit too far for him to have reached by then. Mm-hmm. But they think he was just confused and yeah. thought he was on like a different dirt road than he was. Mm-hmm. And okay. then I guess he did at one point say he was with people. I think mm-hmm. Kim had mentioned that. Yeah. Um. But that's kind of all that happened. Um, and then he tried to call a few people, but they didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. The, and he called a couple of people and just kind of said, like, he was just kind of chatting with them, I think. Like, he wasn't particularly really trying to get help. He was just saying, like, I don't really know where I am. <laughs> and, and they were like, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And the people he called, were they people you recall seeing at the party? Like, was he calling back to people at the party being like, I got to, you know, hook back up with y'all? I believe he called a few people that he had been with at the hotel. He called okay. a few people that were just friends of his that I don't think were at either of the places. And I think he did like the one that had gotten the taxi was one of the people that he had showed up with that he had either called him or he had called them back or something. And that's also, I think the person he said he was with people. Mm-hmm. Like he had told them that he was with people. Okay. That makes sense. 
Um, you, you got involved in in the search. You, you mentioned that at the beginning with uh, with Victoria. Uh, tell me tell me about that. Like, how did you get involved with the search, and maybe share some of your memories for you know of your time searching for Zach. So, um, I uh, my friend and I, you know, once we've kind of figured out that uh, things weren't quite adding up, like he obviously wasn't safe or home. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought things to the Plymouth Hall, which had opened, and we kind of just went out on foot. And me and her really quickly realized that things were extremely unorganized because we think we heard something or saw something, and it would be just someone out in the woods looking too. And um, we kind of couldn't figure out, you know, if someone had already looked here, and we kept you know, losing track of where we were. And we were almost scared that we might get lost ourselves. And it just, it was really unorganized. (laughs) That's the only way I can say it. And like the search and rescue, I think the problem was that people had went out so early that by the time search and rescue, because it's volunteer people here, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's the case everywhere. But by the time they had a group put together, everything sorted and they got there, people had already been out. So I think it was just kind of stressful for them because if there had have been any sign like scuffed up dirt, you know, some bushes that didn't look quite right, like someone maybe fell through them, like it was hard to tell if that could have been him or it was just people that had been searching. Mm. And there was even some people that said that their properties were vandalized because I think some people were just taking things a little too far Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there was no organization. Um, And then, you know, we were geared up we had multiple layers on mittens boots coveralls you know and you know at one point we were going through the woods and we were like he wouldn't have went through here like why would a drunk person with no pants be bushwhacking like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense (laughs) so we kind of stuck to pathways sort of things that like if you were drunk and you were trying to get somewhere because he knew the trails like the back of his hand he was always on atvs so like it was very possible he thought i can take this trail and easily get home mm-hmm. you know you're drunk you feel like you can walk miles and miles and miles easily it was kind of cold but it doesn't get super super cold here so and i mean you're drunk you don't really feel the cold he was probably just like i can do it so we kind of stuck more to the trails and around the trails and just places we thought maybe he would be like i can cut through here and get to this other trail you know what i mean so but there was people like deep in the woods bushwhacking and we were just like there i don't really know what's gonna happen here because everyone's just kind of all over the place and and of course we know that during the search you know nothing that connected directly to zach was found but were you involved in any like was there ever a moment where you're like whoa i think you know this could be important or you know was there any discoveries you were involved in that you know got your hopes up um no but there were a few like we kind of came across like a deer stand or two and we were like you know i remember this moment we came across this deer stand it was it wasn't super far in the woods it was there was a trail that led straight to it and i wasn't gonna make my friend climb up it it was really unsafe and she had a three-month-old baby i wasn't gonna make her do that so i was like i'll do it i get to the top my heart is racing and it's locked. And I'm like, I literally like, it wasn't like locked, locked, but like there was a latch on it. And I was okay. like, I mean, it would make sense for her to be in here and it'd be locked from the outside. But I mean, I still should look. 
And I just remember it was so terrifying because that was kind of the moment I realized, you know, what could be found. Mm-hmm. It was it was a little intense. I remember looking down at her and she couldn't even look. She was scared. She was holding my dog because we had, we had brought my dog a couple times just for company. And like, you know, I brought her like multiple times when I'm out by myself. It just kind of helps to have that extra nose. You know, you might not notice something she might kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was or like she would start dragging me somewhere and I'd be like, oh, like she wasn't trained at all for sense. But, you know, a dog smells something funky. They're going to go for it. Yeah. So it was yeah. definitely a couple, a couple times that, and I mean, people kept messaging. I, my phone was blowing up as soon as I kind of established myself as like a person that was involved. A lot of people, not even from Nova Scotia would message me and they'd be like, I was looking at Google maps and you should look here. Or, you know, I heard there's been this car parked here for a really long time. You should go check it out. Maybe he climbed into it. Mm-hmm. Or I heard there was a car accident, like a single car accident that night over here. You should go look into it. So I was, you know, every time something like that would be messaged to me and it wasn't already checked or I didn't think it had already been checked, I'd be jumping in my car and I'd be going. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there were a few times where I really had my fingers crossed, like that car that had been parked there for a while. I was like, there's a good chance you could have just climbed in the back seat and took a nap, mm-hmm. you know, maybe passed out. But mm-hmm. there was nothing concrete that I had found. And now I'm not looking to feed the the rumor mill and all this that that kind of is hovers around Zach's story. But what are people like? I know with it being a small town, people talk, and of course you're involved in a lot of the like the online discussion around this case. At this point now, over a year later, what are people saying? Like, what are what are kind of the like the prevailing theories that are being discussed related to his disappearance, other than a simple like accidentally you know fell down and got hurt or something like what what are you hearing out there um there's a few that think maybe it was a hit and run you know you know i think it was i don't remember it was victoria or kim but one of them had mentioned how you know there was a lot of fishermen going out and Mm -hmm. not saying all fishermen are gonna hit people but you know it was new year's eve and Mm -hmm. it's dark you're tired you're getting up for work or even you know i'm not gonna lie there's a lot of people around here that drive drunk you know after however many beers so it wouldn't be you know the most insane thing to think that someone accidentally hit him you know yeah, he might that, have stumbled into the road yeah that happens in yarmouth and everywhere you know there's yeah. things like that happen so yeah that is definitely especially if you know i think it was kim that i talked to about this but the idea of if it's this dark road without street lights and he's just kind of stumbling around on the side mm-hmm. of the road you know I, I could that it certainly is likely or not likely but it certainly is possible yeah and then there was you know there were some people in the area that didn't want their property searched and some people thought that was a red flag but you know everyone's allowed to have their privacy for mm-hmm. whatever reasons and then i know some people are accusing people that were close to him because they just don't like they can't wrap their head around it and they're just like well then you know everyone points the finger at you know the people that were close to them and had easy access and it you know whatever but I don't believe that one Mm -hmm. I don't think just because it just doesn't line up everyone liked him he didn't have any memories like or enemies I just remember like growing up there wasn't really anyone that didn't like him and it being a small town you hear everyone's drama and I never heard his name it wasn't like he had enemies you know 
I just don't see it as like being people that had something out for him. And what about like the the people that Zach were, was connected with, like his his friends and whatnot? It, would he have been involved? Do you think even indirectly with like a criminal element in in Yarmouth? Because I know there is like I I talked to Kim a lot about some of the social problems that Yarmouth faces. Do you think Zach could have potentially got involved in that through his friends? Um, I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible because mm-hmm. there's a lot of sketchy things around here, but I don't really know his friends, so I can't really decide whether or not I think they were into anything bad. But I mean, it's definitely possible that, you know, he might have been at the wrong place at the wrong time just once, you know. Yeah, I can understand. And one other thing that's a, a part of the story that's a mystery to me is Zach leaves the party, presumably alone by all accounts. He's making a series of phone calls, but then all of a sudden during the phone calls, he's with people, at least according to the people, like according to him on the phone to the people he was calling. Um, it seems like walking around for like the trails outside of Plymouth at midnight doesn't seem like the kind of place where you would just run into people to hang out with. Like, do you, what do you think about the idea of him being with people during this, these phone calls? Does that seem likely to you or maybe just like a figment of his imagination or something? So there's a couple theories there that I think are possible mm-hmm. walking along the street. You're going to walk past a bunch of houses, parties going on, might be people outside smoking. He might've just stopped you know, decided to have a smoke, decided to hang out with these people for a minute Mm. or up the road quite a ways. He had said he was with people of color and up the road quite a ways. There's this house that has this beautiful front yard and they have a bunch of these silhouette men, like these wood silhouette men. Mm. And I'm wondering if maybe he was just cold, confused, drunk and was like, oh yeah, I'm with people of color but it was really just these silhouette men. Hmm. I don't know. It seems possible. I, in a I way, guess it's but... it, like, it's so vague as to what, what he could mean that it's like, you're kind of left trying to interpret it. But uh, I, I guess I'll just, I'll hit that point on the head is it, he said he was with, with people of color when you were at the party, did, like I'm thinking Yarmouth, you predominantly going to see white people at a, yeah. at a get together would there, would there have been anyone at the party you would describe as a person of color? Um, I didn't see any, no, actually. Mm-hmm. That community is mostly white, I'd say. So, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, so, with everything you you know about the story, everything you've been involved with at the search, do you personally have any theories as to what you think could have happened to Zach? Or is it still a, you know, a wide open book? So... Once we kind of got into it and I, I mean, Victoria did most of the organizing with the grids and the app and everything. I was more so out on foot and talking to people. We did have a guy who had a dog that he had trained at home for scent Mm. training and he brought it and he said, you know, no promises, just thought we could check it out. It had also been a week already and it had rained, Mm. but he actually did he says that he believes his dog did actually catch a scent. He was showing the signs that he had ca- caught the scent. Zach's mom had brought like some socks and stuff. So he, you know, sniffed those, went out. But it was, the scent was where he had been spotted by one of the driving 
people like one of the people yeah. i've been driving by so that wasn't that didn't really lead us anywhere and then probably a week and a half after zach went missing we finally were able to find some people with cadaver dogs they came out let they kind of just i think how it works is they let them loose and then within so many miles they can smell a decaying body and they didn't find anything so my personal opinion is i do not think he's in that area after being out there for so many days for like hours and hours and hours i just i really don't think he is because if he was, I think someone would have stumbled on him, like whether it was when everyone was just kind of walking around blind or with the grids and everything. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense that nothing more was found. Mm-hmm. And plus, as has come up multiple times, like these paths and trails are frequented by snowmobilers and motorcyclers and hikers and stuff. So I can't imagine if Zach was drunk, not wearing pants, just stumbling around. I can't imagine him in the dark deciding to leave the trail and walk deep into the woods. Like I would, I would think if, if he laid down and went to sleep at some part during that night, it would have been right on the side of a trail. So I I think I feel the same way as you is that if he was there, he would have been discovered either intentionally by the searchers or accidentally by someone just using the trails for recreational purposes. Yeah, I mean, he did have a bad knee, so there was the theory that if he did kind of go somewhere and fall, it might be hard for him to get up. But, I mean, I don't think he would have went too far. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, we checked even in the thickest of woods just to be sure. So, Well, we'll we'll wrap it up with that unless there's anything else you want to add or or say that we didn't get into. Um, I don't really think so. I mean... There's still people that are looking, and I mean, that's really great. I think even though we don't think he's still there, it doesn't hurt to keep looking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think having, you know, merch or whatever that they want to have for him is great too because if something did happen, you know, if there was foul play, I think it's a good idea that his face is everywhere because I feel like eventually someone's just going to not be able to look at it anymore and say something, you know, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to say something eventually, like, you know, can't keep secrets for that long. Especially but... if, if something did happen, it would oftentimes it's more than one person involved. And all it takes is putting the heat up before, you know, the people involved turn on each other or, you know, someone says yeah. something. That's kind of the yeah. way I see it. Which happens a lot here. So, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, but that's also kind of the, the thing is, you know, it doesn't make sense that he just went missing. And that's why people think there's foul play, but at the same time, it's been so long with nothing. And people around here can't really keep secrets, so it's kind of odd. Um, I feel like whatever happened, it is it is a mystery. Like, I don't think anyone's quite figured it out yet, even just from their own theories. I want to thank you for joining Mandy and I for our discussion surrounding the unexplained disappearance and search for Zach Lefebvre. 
If anyone listening has any information about the disappearance of Zach Lefebvre, please do the right thing and contact the Yarmouth RCMP at 902-742-9106. You can also anonymously contact Nova Scotia Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Or if for whatever reason you're uncomfortable with doing any of that yourself, you can contact me and I'll pass your information along for you. Zach's family needs and deserves answers. Now, before I wrap it up, I also want to call out to anyone connected to Zach's disappearance who'd like to share their story. You can contact me at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. And with that, I'm going to begin wrapping up this episode. But before we part, I have some thanks. First, a huge thank you to Mandy for taking the time to share her memories of the New Year's Eve party with us. I'd like to give a shout out to LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast, who provides the voiceovers for this series, and Monty Data, who contributes the music. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, I want to thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Lori, K-Post, and Samantha, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help keep this going in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show. But also, the premium feed will give you the episodes two days early, give them to you ad-free, and give you access to a full back catalog of episodes. If that sounds like something you'd like, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas or wants to get feedback on the show or submit a question or comment to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.